Welcome to Masala PTI with your hosts, Ravi and Arvind. Pardon these Indians as they take you on a unique and wild ride around the world of sports. Welcome everybody to uh, week two of uh, the fantasy football season. Uh, here's your host of Masala PTI, uh, Arvind Srinivasan and Ravi Krishnan. We are so excited to be in the thick of things now. Ravi, how do you feel about week two? I'm happy about, uh, the, fan- about the football season having started, Arvind, but I couldn't be any less happy about my team in our fantasy league. I'm so pissed off. I get the <laughs> second pick in the draft. Uh, feel like I'm fortunate enough to finally get my hands on Le'Veon Bell and he basically lays a damn golden goose egg for me. Uh, and not to say that uh, my number one wide receiver, Alan Robinson, gets lost for the season. So, all, wow. all in all, not to whine about my team. Yeah, <laughs> I, I am hoping for better things in life as far as fantasy football is concerned. Well, that's the whole point of this uh, fantasy, right? We go through this up and downs and the torture and the ecstasy. Uh, I think Le'Veon Bell will be fine for you long term, right? But sorry about Alan Robinson, though. He's, he's, uh, he's not coming back anytime soon. Yeah, and you know, the consolation in all of this is that I'm at least glad that uh, I didn't, uh, or I'm not the David Johnson owner. Uh, I know, I am in one of the leagues. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I forgot, yeah, you actually own David Johnson in, in the other the... league we play against each other. Yes, that's not, uh, that's not fun. So let me start that. Let, let's start there. I was going to talk about a few other fun things, we'll get to that later, but since you brought him up, at least in two of our leagues, he has not been dropped yet. Um, I have not dropped him yet, and neither has the other guy who owns him in our other league. What do you think about that? Would would uh, should owners be dropping him, holding on to him? How do how would how do you play that? I am still debating. Uh, I might drop him because it's a. Uh, 10 team league we are in and you know there's a little bit more talent available if it was 12 or 14 like it is in our other league i think it's a tougher decision um just let's talk about that what what where do you stand on that so i think we are on the same page uh, on on david johnson arvind and i say that anyone who's not a david johnson owner but i can tell you candidly that i've been trying to trade for him Wow, uh, nice. Uh, I mean, obviously, now that you know that I've not done so with you, you know who else I'm kind of talking to uh, about David Johnson. And the only reason for that is three weeks of David Johnson in a best-case scenario mm-hmm. uh, would be worth its weight in gold. Uh, obviously, the pushback to it is a team needs to reach the fantasy playoffs in order to make use of him, yeah. even if he comes back as expected. Right. But think about a time or think about the eventuality that if that were to happen... Uh, you're as good as certain to win the league. <laughs> That's interesting. Well, assuming... The good news is it's a wrist injury. It's not, you know, a leg or a knee or anything like that. So when he comes back, he can probably, assuming his wrist is fine, he's going to be just as effective as he can be. So that's yeah. good news. But he'll be, you know, still out of shape or whatever, right? Who knows? Maybe not. But 
those are the and, 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 and absolutely and you know the other thing is that i think uh, his being out and the fact that uh, the timeline being thrown around is pretty wide like you know people talk about two months and then arians just kind of as is usual with him he just throws out these random <laughs> wide uh, you know wide uh, ranges of uh, whatever christmas or something yeah my point is that what you are potentially trading in order to get david johnson is pretty minimal hopefully so which is why if i was a david johnson owner i wouldn't bite for it i would certainly not drop him yeah and if i was not a david johnson owner like and again i'll be totally honest with you i've been throwing around like rex burkhead and uh, <laughs> you know people at that level in order to That's get funny. him and you never know right if someone bites yeah yeah rex burkhead is never going to start for me in the next 9 weeks anyways yeah, that's a good point actually i know a couple of other owners by the way were trying to trade for david johnson as well but like you said the the person uh, owning him may not bite and you were right i think overall nobody's really ready to drop him yet and you know christmas is a little late but like you said that may be arians just uh, not really being scientific about that right just throwing out something there um yeah and if, and did you actually hear what arians said like live no I because was... you know what he actually said and that's where i sometimes get so pissed off with the media hacks you know taking things as they want what he actually said was and there was a long pause so he said i don't know uh, it would be great to have him by thanksgiving or maybe by christmas he that's exactly what he said mm. and obviously people just took the latter oh interesting yeah so uh, christmas is a little too late for fantasy purposes right but thanksgiving yeah. is yeah. is is still in play now you know we are both arizona cardinals fans so let's talk about what that means still from even from a fantasy perspective to the cardinals backfield right so there is i was just joking with this other owner uh, obviously three different owners including myself have picked three of these running backs right which is <laughs> that's true kevin williams i uh, hope i'm even saying his first name right andre ellington and uh, chris johnson who has been resurrected and then of course i think somebody picked dj foster too which which i thought that would take a week or two but i think dj foster is gone too in one of the leagues at least so <laughs> out of the four i picked andre ellington and obviously i didn't have a very high waiver pick so that's all i could get but frankly speaking i might have picked him even if i had the first pick i would have at least thought about him more than the other two and who knows right it's a hypothetical question maybe i would have settled on kerwin williams but to me andre ellington looks as good or as bad a pick as any of those three or four i because he can catch the ball i, I see a lot of potential in him as long as he stays healthy where do you stand on this mess so uh, again we are i think agreeing on too many things right off the bat today but <laughs> arvind as i had also mentioned to you i am also on the uh Andre Ellington bandwagon amongst those three i mean i'm not even counting dj foster yeah. in fact to the point and i might look like an idiot in a week but to the point that if i were to rank them the three of them i would say ellington chris johnson and then kerwin williams oh interesting uh, and, and and you know and i know i i i know the narrative around chris johnson actually being cut so obviously they favor kerwin williams or that arians has named kerwin williams as a starter 
Mm-hmm. Point is, the last time something like this happened, which was that Ellington was lost for the season, Chris Johnson was the one starting, and David Johnson was the change of pace back. Yeah. And so, so Arian, so 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 that precedent you can never take away. That Chris Johnson, he might be slow, he might be sluggish, he might be rusty, but he's more of a proven three-down back mm-hmm. than Kerwin Williams. And Ellington, I think, irrespective of how that pans out, Ellington's role is more or less more or less defined. Yes. So you'd rather go safe. I mean, it's a lottery, but. When it's a lottery, you'd rather go for the safer bet than pure, uh, uh, you know, pure chance. Right, and and both Johnson and Ellington are kind of known commodity, right? And uh, Ellington is not even that old. At least Chris Johnson, you can say, is uh, out of shape, old, whatever, right? Out of the league, briefly. Uh, Ellington is pretty much the same as last year or the year before, and I think as long as he's healthy, I think he's going to have some juice. Yeah, and and, the, and think about this. Uh, this weekend, for sure, and who knows what happens with John Brown next week onwards, but you know for sure that uh, uh, Fitz is the only certifiable wide receiver on the roster now because John Brown is out for the week. So, right, which means right. that Nelson, JJ Nelson, yes, I mean, how much can you depend on him? And why I say all that is that I think Ellington will be used heavily in the passing game as well. Early on in the preseason, there were talks around Ellington being converted to a wide receiver. But so all, all in all, I mean, you know that he's going to be on the field being used. Uh, so why not go for that? So I think you made a very wise decision in this regard. Okay, cool. Uh, let's see what happens. Uh, so that's unfortunately also affects our Arizona Cardinals' uh, real NFL chances, but. Uh, you know, they need to show us they can win a game or two before we start dreaming big. Because I know last year we were lamenting about them pretty much every week on this podcast. And, you know, the season went nowhere. Unfortunately, this one is starting off the same way. Let's see what they do. Yeah, um, and the part that scares me, and this is now talking real NFL versus fantasy, is that even in last week's uh, defeat until David Johnson got injured, you know, we could always say that, okay, that was their mulligan loss for the season. They'll be fine. They have basically the number one running back in the league. What's scary now is that they are going to run their offense through a 34-year-old slot wide receiver. Yeah, Larry yeah. Fitz, Right? So, they really don't have an identity on offense. Defense looked okay, I guess, against Detroit. But the fact that they have Carson Palmer... You know, that we have to kind of, literally speaking, beg and plead not to be a turnover machine. And for all his goodness, fits as your primary offensive weapon. I think that's what is really scary. Exactly. And neither of them are young, right? And now we have Chris Johnson, who is not a spring chicken either. (laughs) So, I I see this going uh, uh, not so good, actually. But... Let's be optimistic, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know what's also ironic is that we follow uh, you and I. We follow the Cardinals and the Suns. And on one hand, the Suns are you know challenging some of the college teams in terms of how young they are, and the Cardinals are on the other extreme. Right? <laughs> True. Uh, uh, they should play each other. I think they should pick a sport, maybe baseball, <laughs> and play each other. Ex- experience was his, uh, you know, total lack of experience. So, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, let's switch to some fun fantasy uh, things. It's a little late in the week to do uh, uh, 
typical ad drops, but we will at the end, I guess, talk about some of the ad drops we liked for this week. Hopefully, people have already done it. But I want to do something from week one, which I thought would be interesting. I want to do uh, two each of four, these four things. Some expected studs or expected surprise studs, right? I mean, when I say expected studs, you know, we are not talking about the Antonio Browns of the world, right? Somebody that would be a surprise for some people, but uh, I expected or you expected, Ravi, two of those. Similarly expected duds and similarly kind of studs who surprised you and me and duds who surprised you and me, right? And and we are not prepared for this. Well, I shouldn't say prepared. We are not produced in the sense we didn't share the names and this and that. So I'm a little bit excited about that. We prepared, but we prepared independently. So let's do this and we can alternate. And let's see how much we overlap or, you know, maybe this segment will be boring because we completely overlap. Or it'll, you know, we'll learn something about how we viewed the season and how uh, the perspective was different and what our expectations were and so on and so forth. And uh, that's one of the reasons we didn't sit and share the names and produce like, hey, you pick this too, I pick this too. Um, what do you think? Should we jump in? Absolutely. Looking forward to it. <laughs> Before that, in true gambling fantasy spirit, what would be... So we are... Uh, we have eight, right? Two expected surprise and studs, two expected unexpected surprise and duds. I need to come up with better names for this. These are very confusing names. But uh, <laughs> eight and all, and of course, you're free to have some honorable mentions if you want, because, you know, some of these lists, especially the dud list is uh, bottomless after week one. Yeah. Uh, but I'm putting the over under on us overlapping at 4.5 what do you think are you going over or under <laughs> i'll go, i'll go under and i have only one reason for that and that is that uh, by definition of you know or by our relative definition of what we are calling duds or studs mm-hmm. uh, i think it need not just be individual so for example i know for sure that as you mentioned the topic i was thinking along the lines of say for example certain defenses ah, so okay okay uh, so, so my point is I would just say under purely because we may not be thinking apples to apples. Yeah, I am saying under too, but that's because I think it's going to be four, close to four. But we'll see. Okay. (laughs) Um, So let's start with uh, some surprising studs uh, that you you thought would would actually work out and it worked out or whatever. Uh, You want to go first? Expected starts. Oh, so these are expected uh, good things or expected surprises? Yeah, expected pleasant surprises or uh, expected stuffs. Yeah. So so my two, uh, you know, or rather two things that I expected to happen and they did on a positive note. Number one, the Jacksonville defense. In fact, one of my regrets after draft night in our favorite league was not to pick the Jacksonville defense. Uh If if, If I remember correctly, they were a free agent or they weren't drafted. And everything that has been written and said about them uh, was about how improved they were and some of their pickups like AJ Boye and Calais Campbell. I mean, you, yeah. there was such a big hype around them. Mm-hmm. We were, or not we, I was completely still hypnotized away or rather 
you know shooed away by the Blake Bortles ghost <laughs> you know to not even go close to their defense and yeah. that's a big mistake because what they showed against uh, uh, Cincy in week 1 or not Cincy Houston in week 1 was just amazing mm-hmm. and i think that's a defense that end of the year will be in the top 5 so to me that they were a very pleasant surprise great uh, they they were uh, great actually class campbell was amazing made me feel uh, sad <laughs> yeah i know i mean uh, another one in the in a, in the long line of people who end up going somewhere else and doing well yeah. after leaving arizona yeah and along the same lines of uh, people that again uh, or rather things that were supposed to happen well according to the rest of the world i didn't see it as much and then obviously it did well was the whole sam bradford experience on monday night he looked amazing in fact hold on you already you already gone to are you saying you expected that or you did not i did you did okay cool okay sorry go uh, ahead so go i ahead. i did i did in uh, no i see your confusion so i did expect it to expect him to do well because everyone else was saying he, that he's going to do well okay. but uh, so so but i just wasn't a buyer until i actually saw it yeah. and he looked electric i mean number one i think their offensive line performed a lot better mm-hmm. um, because again listening and hearing to what people had to say they said that even last year he was among the more accurate deep ball passers yeah. it's just that he never had time to throw right uh, and this year given some extra time uh, you know that one pass to thielen where even when they showed it in slow motion you couldn't actually see thielen from his vantage point and he just threw the ball there with pinpoint accuracy so i think yeah. bradford even though it was the new orleans saints defense against him i think he looked really good and i think that was my second uh, you know expected uh, goodness of the week cool that's a that's a good list and uh, i'm happy to say we do not have a overlap there actually okay. sam bradford i expected as well uh, but it was uh, i i put him in more of a honorable mention right the top two is you already mentioned his name one of my expected uh, studs was uh, adam thielen actually mm, now as you know ravi knows that he, i actually drafted him and ravi even gave me kudos on that but obviously i didn't expect he would have such a monstrous game even without a touchdown he had like some ridiculous number of catches and receptions but i expected a lot of good things out of him uh, and that offense as long as sam bradford is healthy right that is a big if and continues to be a if uh, let's see how many games we get out of out of bradford but i think as long as he's healthy i had a lot of expectations for uh, thielen and he came came up big in week 1 of course against a bad defense but you know that was something i expected i actually started him even though that's because you know i had odell beckham and i did not have an option but uh i had some hopes for him the other guy i really had a lot of hopes and came through and i wish i had drafted him as well is the also a wide receiver kenny uh, goladay yeah uh that i think we need to keep an eye on him i think the first week numbers could obviously be outlier because i think he caught two touchdowns he's not going to get get two touchdowns every week but i think overall i have a lot of uh, expectations positive expectations for him in uh, uh, throughout the season within that detroit offense so those are my two things that i expected and it kind of went according to plan if you will um 
so those are those are good ones in fact we already i feel do have an overlap uh, in 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 at least thelen uh, wherein uh, thelen was one of my uh, nominees for the you know the surprises that were unexpected from my vantage point oh i so, see so 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 yeah i mean i agree with you i think what he did and uh, as you mentioned i think uh, there were good vibes about him prior to the season mm-hmm. but he, he looked like one of the 10 best wide receivers in the league on monday night i mean i think he had about 150 uh, yards and not just that i mean he was uh, available mm-hmm. on pretty much every deep pass that sam bradford threw right and, and i think it is uh, he has some good chemistry with him for whatever reason yep and that's a huge part of it i think we'll see how it goes now let me go first on the unexpected studs okay uh, these are people you know not superstars but guys who did well and i didn't see it coming i have uh, the first name that comes to mind is actually alex smith i think mm, just right. like bradford he was amazing but i think some of us in the fantasy world expected that from bradford because that guy when he's healthy he can always put up good numbers uh alex smith i at least did not see it coming against uh the patriots on a thursday night on the road so that was uh, somebody who surprised me to the extent that uh, you know people are seriously picking him up off the waiver wire right so he is really uh, he really had a good week let's see if he can build on that the other guy um that also surprised me uh Ravi and you actually already picked him up was Cooper Cup. Um yeah. I uh, you know j- given all the off-season moves they made which I guess he also qualifies as one uh I didn't have a lot of expectation for him to uh, uh break through like that but he did uh the wide receiver from the Rams that was a total surprise to me. And the honorable mention here is also Alvin Kamara, right? I think he didn't put up great numbers, but the fact that he stole so many touches from Adrian Peterson on a day he was going back to Minnesota and Mark Ingram, that caught me by surprise too. Uh, he didn't yeah. have a great week, I don't think, but obviously people are picking him up and uh, he's considered a quote-unquote a good pickup at this point. What what? Yeah, Kamara. Kamara looks really good, and you know what it is also uh, sh- uh, showing is uh, the lack of weightage people place on reputation. I mean, think of what else can be uh, more uh, of a salesy point than Adrian Peterson returning to Minnesota in his revenge game, and all you saw that day was Kamara over and over again. Exactly. so um, but uh, about your our so we, our uh, about your i think you spoke about one already uh, next yeah so thelen thelen i have already spoken about in fact my second choice here also is an overlap with you and that is cooper cup oh, uh, nice. and so i will quickly mention a couple of things about him uh, he uh, is someone that obviously impressed uh people uh, during camp and during the preseason games but i was shocked to hear Tomlinson Ladanian Tomlinson actually uh, in one of his bold prediction in in the NFL show that he's a part of he actually said that he expects Cooper Cup to lead the league in receptions this year wow. and obviously that's outlandish that is you know going far beyond bold but my point is 
people kind of don't uh, are not as shocked about him catching balls mm. so that's one thing second thing is uh, uh, even dan fouts on the uh, game broadcast said that it wouldn't be surprising for this guy to be upwards of 90 catches this year so to me cooper cup is someone to keep an eye on he kind of resembles not just because he's a short white guy yeah. but he kind of gives the same sense as a west welker a julian edelman a danny amendola type yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's another reason why i figured that you know those kind of slot receivers never are are never a bad thing especially in a ppr league right you you might have a gem in him i know you picked him up all right so now it's your turn let's go with uh, expected duds um Okay so yeah so two expected duds and I think one of these uh, we have already discussed a little bit and that is the Saints defense I mean you know you can change uh, uh, <laughs> coordinators you can bring in any number of people but it has to be said for all of uh, Sean Payton's perceived greatness as an offensive uh, wizard the fact that and I know he's not the defensive coordinator but the fact that for innumerable seasons now the saints defense is a laughing stock anyone and everyone goes and scores a bunch of points against them i think that is that is pitiful and obviously i have absolutely no loyalty towards any of the saints other than if i were to own fantasy players from there mm-hmm. so but i can only imagine the state of a saints fan when you have a drew brees you've had a bunch of good uh, players on the offensive side but you get shellacked week in and week out because your defense is giving up like 30 points to the minnesota vikings Yeah yeah it's been going on for too long too right every, yeah. every year we hear the same thing you know it's going to be different this year but it never uh, seems to be and i forget the name of their pri- uh, name of this guy but he's the prized off season acquisition on defense and he's someone that the cardinals cast off last year and i'm oh. completely drawing a blank i don't know if you remember who he was but uh, no i do not wow so but so that to me said that you know they they have work to do okay. but anyways my second expected dud was uh, kirk cousins and the washington offense overall uh, and this comes from someone who owned kirk cousins last year in the league that i won yeah uh, but i couldn't have been more nervous every week that i had cousins as my qb i yeah. mean he's the most uh, deceptive uh, 300 uh, yards three touchdowns two interception guy ever i mean you can never sure about what you're going to get with him yeah. i think their offensive line is a lot worse than uh, it seems and i genuinely think that losing garson and deshon jackson and replacing them with a converted wide receiver terrell prior was a really bad thing and that's how it turned out at least in one week in general they look very confused and to me them sucking the way they did against philadelphia was not a surprise at all i see yeah i i unfortunately bought the kirk cousins hype too in one of the leagues i have him i am a little bit concerned for sure i think i uh, you know agree with you that it's not looking great by the way did you draft him in any of your leagues this year no i did not and i'll tell you it was only because of the last year experience yeah you had him last year All right that's that's good i'm surprised that the duds did not uh, overlap because there's one name which i i i i assure you would have it or maybe it's so expected that you didn't even put him in there it's edilacy <laughs> 
don't worry he's coming up later in our conversation <laughs> okay so eddie lacy to me was a kind of like a can't miss <laughs> that waiting to happen right in week 1 and uh, you know he went from green bay to seattle but nothing else changes and he's still horrible you know they put him on the depth chart wherever he is it doesn't seem to matter some say he's one some say he's two but really the guy who got most of the carries and did most of the work is the rookie chris carson so i expected that i stayed away from him from all my leagues eddie lacy that is the only regret and mistake i did was not pick up chris carson in in spite of uh, ravi one of our uh, co-owners in one of our leagues just constantly asking everybody you talk to to pick up chris carson because he didn't have a spot he was giving that free advice to everybody but i was so close to picking him up uh saturday night but uh, eventually i i just decided against it so that's a really lazy the other expected dud to me was andy dalton now it's easy for me to say this now that we have seen him in week 2 as well we are doing this uh, pod after the thursday night game but really i mean there was so much hype around him i briefly considered drafting him as my qb2 if not my starting qb uh just i i thought of you know if i were to draft a really uh late quarterback in the draft like an average name uh then i thought i would should back him up with andy dalton because he would be even lower but a great value but luckily i did not and this guy is i don't know man you look at that roster there's so much talent on paper around him so at some point you have to say that this guy is the problem right but i guess he's more than serviceable so he's getting all these uh, big deals and he's kind of secure as a starter but i didn't i don't expect great things from him despite all the hype totally with you totally with you on andy dalton and uh, especially on the point that uh, compared to some other teams where you can basically see that there is no talent since he is loaded with playmakers all over the field and he is at the moment their only problem yeah that's a good way to put it all right so now let me go first to the unexpected duds here i truly expect some overlap uh to me it was easy it was both from the same team same night it's basically brady and grock right uh, okay. Bo- both of them look old look kind of different from what we remember uh, the last time we saw them both healthy and playing and um as somebody who owns gronk in multiple leagues it's a little concerning uh, but at the same time i think he was uh, covered by some one of the best safeties in the league so hopefully he'll be fine longer term but that surprised me opening night at foxborough uh, after that amazing super bowl comeback both brady and gronk look kind of out of sorts uh, and you know you could even argue a little old but i'm not too early to give up on them we have done the mistake before uh, i'm sure they will hoodie will find out a way to get this team to the super bowl if not you know win the super bowl but uh, they didn't look great who are your duds so my two duds and no neither of them overlap with yours i guess we all kind of call out the ones that hurt us the most and so mine is <laughs> levion bells oh, i mean okay. talk about the most unexpected duds Uh, you could find i mean because obviously i mean it's been one week 
But I was just thinking of the fact that this guy created all this ruckus around his contract and didn't bother to show up and then basically ordained upon everyone else the day that he will show up for uh, camp. I mean, you couldn't have acted more diva-ish and then you show up against the lowly Browns and you're at like nine carries for 15 yards mm-hmm. until late in the fourth quarter. And so to me, that was the, uh, the duds of all duds, uh, at least in my mind, uh, for the week. Uh, he totally killed my team last week and it's not just that. I think, you know, for the fact that the guy has been called out or called as the most, uh, potentially the most transformational fantasy player since LT, yeah. I think that was, uh, I think, the worst performance of his in the, since the time he came into the league. Yeah, that's, uh, I see your pain. But I think he should be, uh, you know... Let's see what he does moving forward. I think he should be back to his form soon. Which which is true for hopefully Brady and Gronk too. Exactly. I think yeah. they, Brady, Gronk, Bell, we are talking about two blue chippers. And I think it was one of the, those rare bad days that happened to all of them at the same time. Yeah, yeah. My second cool. one is a slightly unusual pick and that is our own uh, Fitz, Larry Fitzgerald. I know his end of game numbers look kind of semi-decent. He had, I think, six catches for 74 yards. Yeah. But uh, watching the game, uh, he was thrown to 13 times and I know Carson Palmer was awful. He was like shit that day. But must also say that Fitz dropped a number of catchable balls and which is very unlike Fitz. I mean, one thing with Fitz is his lost speed. He's not what he used to be in 2008, but he's, uh, if not the most, among the most reliable catchers there can be. Mm-hmm. And I think he dropped a bunch of catchable balls. So overall, I mean, what could have been a in a 11 for 120 with a potential TD ended up with a he ended up with a six for 74. So I think Fitz is my second dud for the week. Interesting. So what was our overlap? We almost did not. Have any? I That's think amazing. Cooper, Cooper Cup, and Adam Thielen, and Adam Thielen on two different. I guess it wasn't really a. Yeah, it's uh, almost different. So Cooper Cup is the real, real overlap, and maybe half of Adam Thielen. So it's like one and a half. That's pretty good. So that's good. <laughs> we we uh, we have different expectations and thinking around uh, the league. That's good. All right. So. Let's do some uh, ad drops. I, I think there by this by Friday there are no mysteries, right? On what names people are adding and dropping, and probably most of it is done. But what I am interested in: how do we rank them, and what do we see as long term, right? Who are the real winners or real uh, positive? Uh, who should? people be investing in right so if we look at the running backs right let's instead of our usual pucka five where we hit on like five random topics at the top of our list just let's just talk about uh maybe three running backs or maybe more right running back ads ravi and then uh receiver ads that you are you and i are most bullish about for longer term not just week two but just rest of the season right and okay we know we know the names: Tariq Cohen, Kerwin Williams. Um, who is the other guy? I'm blanking on for the running backs. Uh, Javorius Allen. I mean, exactly. Buck Allen. Yeah, those are the everybody pick them up, right? Um, yeah. How do you see them long terms? So I'll tell you my bias, right? I have always been like a 
<laughs> Buck Allen fan for whatever reason. Um, so if you take those three, right, and let's throw in Marlon Mack too, the running back from Indiana, right? Yeah. Let's take those four. Um, Buck Allen, to me, I personally have always liked him. Uh, but some people are saying that game was outlier. There was a lot of long garbage time and so on and so forth. Tariq Cohen kind of came out of nowhere to some extent and then did great in uh, in Detroit. And of course, there's an injury situation and Kerwin Williams in Arizona. So how do you uh, rank? So going into that drop, I didn't have any shot at any of them as we spoke about. I was thinking, you know, if I had the chance, I would pick Buck Allen 1, Tariq Cohen 2, Kerwin Williams 3, and uh, Marlon Mack 4, right? Now, later in the week, as I think about it more, I am thinking maybe Buck Allen is about where he needs to be in this list. He's a little behind Tariq Cohen and Kerwin Williams and ahead of uh, Mack. So most of the people are uh, going Cohen, Williams, Allen, and Mack, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I like Buck Allen personally, and I still have a lot of hope for him. So basically what I'm saying is, what is your ranking? Mine is, at least at the beginning of the week, was Buck Allen, Cohen, Williams, and uh, Mack. So I think I agree with most of... Uh... Most of what you said, I think Allen to me was definitely higher in in, in desire, and obviously I was uh, I had the last waiver slot, so I had no chance to get anyone anyways. But I had Allen, then Cohen, and candidly I had no interest in either Kerwin Williams or Marlon Mack. Oh, in nice. fact, the guy the guy that was again literally as on the verge of putting in a bid for, and then I decided at the last minute not to do that mm-hmm. was Deonta Foreman. He's a guy. He actually is someone that I drafted in the as my last pick in the draft, and just as a handcuff to Lamar Miller. Yeah. And now again, we have the luxury of having seen Thursday night. But to me, that was, uh, you know, uh, exactly the fear that uh, I had, which is that he starts eating into Lamar Miller's uh, workload, and that's what happened. So if I were to rewind to Tuesday night uh, <laughs> and tell you, I would still have Deonta Foreman as number three after. Uh, Allen and Cohen and my number four interestingly is again not Mac or Kerwin Williams it was this guy what's his name I can never pronounce his name Samaj Perry. yeah 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 and I know you drafted him and because to me I feel when you're reaching that uh, Marlon Mac or even Kerwin Williams stage mm-hmm. you're basically trying to swing for the fences and if that is the case might as well go with pedigree of college excellence and preseason hype and for what it's worth, Samaj Perrin was on the, you know, on the on the tips of everyone's tongues in Washington. Yeah. Uh, and and you know that Rob Kelly is awful, so that's the reason why I still have my eye on him. Yeah, I drafted him. I dropped him. You know, some of these bench guys you have to, as part of routine, uh, roster management, you have to drop him, right? Exactly. Even if you exactly. want, I did that with Perrin. You did that with Deonta Foreman. Foreman. That, that yeah. happens. All right, so, you know, the surprising part of it is both you and me go Buck Allen and uh, uh, Tariq Cohen. Most experts or most, even my friends, go the other way. But good yeah. good, good number, good names other than the four I mentioned by bringing in Perrine and uh, Foreman. 
And, and by the way, just on that, and the re- and I'll give you my quick justification in addition to what you said, which was that you know you always also if you were to think of the fact that okay, what would make Tariq Cohen get the full time role? In Buck Allen's case, you know that if something happens to Terence West, which could be health related, or Terence West reverts to being who he is, which is that he's a bad running back. Yeah. Buck Allen could yeah. be their three down back, yeah. whereas Tariq Cohen, I don't think can ever be a three down back, even if Jordan Howard gets injured. He's too small. I think he does great with his role, which yeah. is to be that gadget player. But I don't see anything further for me to be interested in him rest of season. That's a great point. Yeah. Cool. Let's do the same thing with receivers, right? Again, the list is... Uh, receivers tend to be deeper, but still the top of the line is obvious, right? It's your guy, Cooper Cup. It's Kenny Galladay. How do you say his last name, by the way? Do you know? I... I believe it's, I know it's spelt Galladay, but they say it's Galladay. Right, that's what confused me. Uh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. almost like Joey Galloway back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> say any, so Kenny Galladay, Nelson Aguilar, Cooper Cup, and let's throw in another name, right? Just um, yeah. maybe Paul Richardson, the Seattle guy, right, who is in the depth chart somewhere. Um you can switch it up if you want. But I thought, I was really impressed with Nelson Aguilar. So, in this list, obviously, I think Cooper Cup goes one. And then I actually would have gone Aguilar, then Galladay, then the rest of the... Pick your name, right? Now, you should throw yeah. probably Alex Hearns in there, too, just because Alan Robinson is injured. And Marquis Lee is not bad either, but who knows, you know. Uh, yeah, and you know, on, on that last one actually, and I picked up Marquise Lee instead of Alan Hearns, and the only reason for that was, I, I, you know, if you remember, a month ago, Alan Hearns, Alan Hearns was on the trading block, uh, yes. and they didn't find anyone to trade him with, so basically they got him back, and I was like, you know, if you just think of it from a, if you step back and say, okay, if that is the case, who's the receiver you want? Which is the reason I kind of uh, picked up Marquise Lee, the guy that was anyway going to be there, irrespective of Alan Robinson, whether or not he was there or not. So, uh, so that's why. But you're right. I mean, beyond those top three, it's a crapshoot, anyways. So, how would you uh, advise for the listeners as far as the rest of the season goes? Who do you like among those three? Like I said, I would go Cooper, Cup, Aguilar, uh, and then. Galladay. Uh, at least, you know, it's a week-to-week league. Who knows? I'll change the story next week. But uh, how do you see it? And also Kendall Wright, right? That guy, our famous yeah, Kendall he ne- Wright. He never goes away. He never shows up, but he never goes away either. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, you know what? If you can believe it, I actually was just about to say that for me, it would be uh, uh, Cup, mm-hmm. Aguilar, Kendall Wright and then Galloway. Okay. Uh, because to me the 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 Galladay touchdowns were kind were a little bit fluky. I mean he did amazing work on getting to those balls, but I don't expect repetition or even close to it every week. Whereas I think if you take Kendall Wright, who else is going to catch balls in Chicago? Uh, yeah, so yeah. That's why. That's fair. That's why he's there. That's fair. But, you know, to some extent, I the reason I like Galladay is, I agree with you on the touchdowns. I think I mentioned that too, right? Touch, two touchdowns is not something he's going to do every week. And in terms of touches and yards, I think he was not super, right? He was okay. And, and, but, and Marvin Jones was shadowed by Patrick Peterson. 
Yes, so, but but even given that, right? Tell me. I mean, I don't trust the Detroit receivers too. That's one of the reasons I like Galladay. I mean, I'm not a big fan of the other guys they have. They have some good names. I agree with you. Uh, but I've never been a big fan of some of those guys. Ebron is injury prone, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not a big fan. I mean, he's a, he's a talent for sure. I mean, he's a definite talent for sure. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, at the uh, it's just that if I were if I had the option to choose between, say, a Kendall Wright uh, or a Nelson Aguilar and Galladay, I would just go for the first two. Great. Yeah, that's interesting you make that point. I do like Golden Tate. But I'm looking yeah. at Galladay as the number two eventually, right? Whether that happens. Makes sense. That's, Absolutely. Yeah, that's how I, I look at it. Cool. But I, you surprised me with the Kendall Wright uh, <laughs> point. But it's a valid point. Uh, all right. So I think we shared all we know uh, to the world, which is not much, but we try our best. <laughs> so yeah. uh, anything else you want to cover? or uh, we can... yeah, Just one last thing, uh, Arvind, and it is probably something that we can discuss in detail next week, hopefully in a more positive light. But at least at the moment, I personally think that we could be looking at the fantasy demise of uh, three legends, namely Peterson, Lacey and Brandon Marshall. Uh, mm. So just as we discussed about who's coming up in the future, the Cooper Cups and the Galladays, I do think that we are kind of seeing the end of uh, life as far as uh, uh, Adrian Peterson, Eddie Lacy, and Brandon yeah. Marshall are concerned. See, for Eddie Lacy, I'm going to steal uh, from you and say he never showed up, but he never goes away. <laughs> <laughs> Other two, I would, I, I agree with you. Uh, they have had some good years. And the other thing I wanted to mention before we hang up is I was just shocked at how putrid the overall quarterback play was. I think the yes. average point should have been the lowest in uh, the last 10 years or something like that. Nobody had a good game except like Stafford and maybe... Bradford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Alex Smith. I mean, think about <laughs> three names that were uh, expected to lead the league in uh, quarterback play. Yes. Cool, that's a good wrap-up of week one and what we think about some of these week two uh, ads and drops. And uh, let's do this again soon. Sounds good. Thanks so much, Arvind. Yep. And bye, everyone. Hey.